Hello and welcome back to episode 2 of Sam and Sean's Shy Talk Sessions with Sam McKeever and me Sean Byrne. How are you? I hope you had a good week. Hope you enjoyed the football over the last week. We've had two European finals, Sam. Uh, a lot to talk about in this episode, I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy the games? Ah, uh, they're all right, I guess. Yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit. How would you describe them? A little bit lacklustre. I think a lot of build-up for games like these sometimes. And they they yeah, never do really, do they? Never, never. So, your Open League final was first, Sam. Your boys, Man United, took on Villarreal. Yeah, I know. Lost 11-10 on penalties. I think that's the most penalties I can think of that I've ever Yeah, I can't of. think of a penalty shootout with that many penalties. The only other one was, was West Ham Everton, I think, in the Cup like three years ago. Uh, that was, was only like 9-8 or something. Oh, I thought you were talking about European finals. I could name you, I think... Under 21s, Holland versus England 2007. They went around twice, I think. Or could have been three times. That is a fantastic stat. I hope that is true. I hope that is true. Well, anyway, we'll talk about the Europa League final 2021. What what do you make of the game, mate? Um, to be honest with you, uh, I think... I mean, it was all really up for United. Everyone thought they were going to steamroll Villarreal. Um, yeah, I kind of thought... I remember watching it on BT... And seeing Paul Scholes saying, oh, you know, he should win comfortably. And I thought, well, if United go away with that attitude, uh, they'll probably end up losing. And um, even, like, watching on BT, like, it was a bit of a hard watch, punditry mm-hmm. wise. Mm-hmm. It's just a big loving for the English, really. Just no really respect for Villarreal. I know, well, seventh in La Liga, but they didn't lose all competition in the yeah, Europa League. Yeah. Like, and the thing is about... Villarreal for me as well like they had a different part United obviously United got knocked out of the Champions League yeah. and then kind of went through the, the Europa League they had a tough run United did they came up against a good few uh, bigger teams but if you look at Villarreal in the games that they played I think they were just really efficient at that level like they yeah. knocked out Arsenal they knocked out a good few you know teams in the run up so um, but yeah, no, I think I think British kind of media does that a lot where they'll hone in on the English team involved in any kind of European final but um, yeah look, like you said Villarreal finished 7th in the league how do you think that that result affects the United and Ole um, as, as a season be, as a season you know oh, well, be, it's, a, it's a, a bit of a I mean it's a bit of a disappointing season then I didn't manage to win a trophy for the second season running mm. but um, you would probably, you give Ole another year would you give oh, him well, 6 he, months he's got a, well no he's got another year left on the comp well if he if he gets an extension that's a bit ridiculous I think because mm-hmm. he hasn't won anything but he's got a year left, so just give him the final roll of the dice, I guess. You've got really nothing to lose. Mm. Because if you get to the end of the season and he still doesn't do anything, you don't have to pay him or anything. Just tell him you're not getting a your contract. Done. Yeah. Would you consider that a, a successful managerial period? Well, I feel like he's stated the ship a bit. I feel like he's put a bit more identity on the squad. Mm-hmm. And he's tried to put bring his own sort of players in. And he's trying to bring in sort of younger players. But I think this summer they'll probably need to go for a bit more, a bit more ready-made. If they're going yeah. to try and challenge, I don't think. I think the league, oh, you could maybe the league might be a bit unrealistic. I don't see them getting ahead of a full strength Liverpool or Man City. I know they mm-hmm. they beat Man City mm-hmm. a few times and they do all right against Liverpool, but like they just have clangers in them. Like yeah. and then when you get like um, even if even in the game, like you put a really attacking lineup out, and I'm going. Oh, this is good. They're going to try and you know dominate the ball and try and create chances. Villarreal kind of just sat in and they were really good at it and this is you know it's problem they can't break teams down like that at all yeah and as soon as Villarreal got that when Moreno scored the first goal off probably the worst bit of defending I've seen off a set piece in my life United 
kind of reacted really badly. It mm-hmm. was really slow. It was very mm-hmm. easy for Villarreal to get the shape and kind of block the spaces for like the Ra- the Rashfords and the Greenwoods. Yeah, yeah. Like w- there's kind of always this talk though about what United need, and I think now last year it was sort of left back, centre half. Uh, midfielder striker you know they ended up getting Alex Tellez who hasn't really played you know Luke Shaw's kind of oh, he's had a great season to be fair to him he's, he's made himself that left back that they needed um, you know Fernandez has obviously worked out to an extent he's here, he's there what a year and a half yeah I think yeah. he I think he's been uh, I think he's both practically saved on his job in a way <laughs> he has no he definitely has I think that's fair and then obviously they got Cavani in uh, as a free then at the end yeah. of the last transfer window but what do you think they need now? Like, if they're not changing um, the manager for another season, who do you, who do they bring in? Another, they probably need a centre. Like, I know you're probably thinking you've already spent enough on the. They probably need a really good centre half because of how, another one because of how Maguire in that team. I know you're not a fan of Maguire. Mm-hmm. They literally don't have a clue what to do or mm-hmm. how to defend mm-hmm. things. And I think if that, God, I think if Maguire's in that team. Wednesday last week. Yeah, I don't. I think the the chance of get that goal going in are so much less. Really, because, just from Maguire's impact. Just because Maguire will be able to kind of have half an idea on how to organize a line, while Lindelof and Boy are kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do. Lads. I understand what you mean, but I don't think that I don't think that Harry Maguire has that impact on the I, team. I like, do. I think he has an impact. Really? Yeah. Do you think he's gonna? I don't want to talk about England again, but do you think he's gonna do that for England? Yes. Do you think he's gonna be that bloke? Like, yeah. To be fair, we'll talk about it in, uh, in uh, later on. But John John Stones did not have a good Champions League final. Um, yeah, so you know, Emery wins it for Villarreal fourth Europa League. I know, um, pretty impressive. I reckon every club should just have right if they're in the Europa, have their manager for like the league and the cups, and just get Emery in for that competition. Every team should. Uh, 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 every team should be looking at just get a second manager in, but just for Europa League duties. Wow, I don't, I don't know what it is. Is that like your cup lineup? Like yeah. you know, when you throw out the youngsters, you just like let your assistant manage it. Yeah, this isn't football manager Sam. Come on, Jeez. but I, I feel though, um, yeah, he's got like I said before, he's got some curse like voodoo magic on this. Like just every game, he seems to. He didn't win it against Chelsea though. He lost. Oh Arsenal. yeah, but to be fair, that's that's more saying things about Arsenal than it is him. I, suppose I think. You're right. I suppose you're right. Just to go back to your point as well. Your incredible stat. I pulled up BBC Sport Football. Uh, a web page that looks like it may have been created in 2002. <laughs> the The article is from 2007, June 20th, 2007. That was my birthday. Two, no way! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, England exited the European Under-21 Championship after a dramatic penalty shootout semi-final defeat by Holland. Completely correct. Got the year and everything. Um, Anton Ferdinand's effort, which smacked against the bar, proved decisive as his side lost 13-12 on spot kicks. I kind of want to just keep reading this because they go on to talk about Leroy Lita. I mean, yeah, they've got all the penalty penalty takers. Oh, beautiful! Look at that. That's obviously Ashley Young, Milner, Noble, brilliant. Royston Trent, brilliant. Rio Coker, some fantastic, some fantastic. Matt Derbyshire. Uh, what England could have been, huh? Mm. Incredible. I can't believe that you just pulled that out of nowhere. Like, that's an incredible stuff. I've watched that on YouTube, like, so many times. It's actually, like, <laughs> the funniest penalty shoe out as well. But, um, yeah, back to, like, Emery. I think it's just what he does, isn't it? Just put me in the Do you think that's his level? I think that's just his bread and butter, really, yeah. 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 Do you think, like, I can't imagine him doing anything with Spain. 
like the Real Madrid job is up for grabs here. Like, oh, yeah, I, I can't think imagine an Emery going from. I think they're looking at Ancelotti from what I've read today. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be an interesting move for him. Do you think that's the best move away from Everton? I mean, I mean considering he finished what was it 10th in the league yeah. with Everton and now he's moving on to a Real Madrid job. I think I think Real Madrid wants him because he kind of knows the politics and stuff of the club mm. so it's kind of e- it's kind of easy to kind of understand what's going on compared to if they went out and got like hypothetically someone like a pot I know Poch wouldn't leave now because he's at PSG but mm. if they went and got Poch I don't think he'd be too great with that now Mm-hmm. Or if they went out and got, and I think to... I think he's a safe bet, Ancelotti. Yeah, Ancelotti's a safe bet because he knows the he kind of knows what goes on with Perez and stuff. That's why I yeah, think they're going yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting if I don't know Everton might have a look at Nuno or someone like that. Then they get in. Really, you think he just slid it like slide in there? I don't know. Being dropped by Wolves to go to Everton—that's a bit of a weird. Yeah, I'm not sure. They're kind of. Should we look at the Everton odds? Who? I don't think they'd be up by now. Oh, of course, because Ancelotti, yeah, hasn't, Ancelotti hasn't left. So. Um, no, that's fair. It's a fair point about Ancelotti being a safe manager. Like I think, especially with the, um, with the, you know, the the whole European Super League thing with Perez so heavily involved in that. Um, like, I think it. I think it probably is a good idea. Kind of like what you're saying with Ole being sort of a, a settling down manager where he's put United in a better position for somebody else to take over. I think Ancelotti is a smart move if Real Madrid do go with him. Uh, we're looking at the odds here for the Real Madrid manager. Ancelotti, 33-1 to one odds. That's pretty much sorted okay. at that point. Yeah. Second place, Antonio Conte at 10-1. to one, Then Poch at 20-1. to one. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of se- seems like Ancelotti is going to Real Madrid. Um, yeah, so, look, we'll move on to topic number two. Champions League final, mate. You and I were watching this together. Yeah, we had a few. I, we were... Bottled, 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 bottled by the end of it, mate. Bottled by yeah. the end of it, we were buckled anyway. But sure, it was a great time. Um, yeah, ended up being Chelsea 1-0. Not a result I expected. Yeah, I think, I don't know, Pep, I don't even think it's overthinking with Pep. He just needs to just play his best 11 in these games. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to overthink it. Yeah, so my main my main kind of thing about City was, they went out and Chelsea, Chelsea went out and just took the game to City. And City never really looked like they were, thought that they were going to win the Champions League. I mean, City City were so such heavily favoured um, going into the game. The way they played just did not, you know, you wouldn't have thought. You wouldn't have thought that. Like yeah. I felt like City kind of just went out and took it like a any other game, like another Premier League game. Maybe it has something to do with winning the Premiership, but a bit of Premier League hangover kind of thing. But I would have thought that City's main goal at the start of the season would have been Champions League. You know, they've never won it. And they get to the final for the first time and they, in my opinion, bottle it. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really, for what minute did I watch from? 40th onwards, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they really created much mm-hmm. through most of the game. I know Mara's had that volley, which, God, if that went in, the yeah, that would have been an unbelievable mm-hmm. goal. But mm-hmm. It would have been a sucker punch as well for Chelsea. But I don't know, Man City just, I don't know, they just played the wrong side, I think. I don't even think they own the tactics, they just played the wrong team. Yeah. they has got double figures for you this season, you're playing them holding mid, double figures and goals, mm-hmm. and you're playing them to protect the defence, mm-hmm. and you're leaving Rodri and Fernandinho on the bench. So I just, yeah, just bad. I don't know why he does this, Pep. Like, if he just played his best 11, I, think, I reckon they could have easily won that game. Do you think it's, do you think it's Pep trying to be Pep in the media? So, like... He's known for changing up his side so often, and he's known for yeah. having all these curveballs. Like, do you think he? Do you think he even knows his number one tactic? <laughs> no, he just uh, he has. I think he goes to bed at night 
wakes up just like oh I know what I'm going to do I'm going to play with full backs at the centre of the park or something do you remember when it was I think his genius friend, ideas yeah, just come to him right? yeah genius ideas to him but mm. do you remember his first game in England and everyone who were the full back was it Sanya oh. and Sanya and or was it Zabaleta and Cliche or something whatever um, mm-hmm. but whatever he got the two full backs when they're in the middle of the pitch and when they had the ball high up to come into the middle and everyone yeah. in England was like oh my god what a revolutionary mm-hmm. idea he has and um, yeah I think they think what was that against Sunderland uh, they struggled to win that I think they only won 2-1 in the end but yeah I don't know Pepe's got this sort of aura around him that he makes these things up and he yeah they, they kind have of, to work because it's yeah. Pep's idea yeah but like we're talking about Ole possibly you know having a year left in him I mean how long do you think Pep has left with I don't City? think I don't think they can get any better than Pep though he's been in what England four seasons three four five no four yeah, four or five four I think 2016 he took over so he's won the okay. league three times yeah in four seasons uh, yeah so which is unbelievable and they've, every time they've won it they've looked I mean the Liverpool no I think bar 18-19 was tight but the other two times they've won it they've ran away with it like and they've looked yeah the season that uh, the season before Liverpool won it was a close yeah. one yeah that was yeah, the season before Liverpool was the coach. The first time he won it, it was... Yeah, yeah walk away. I think they got 100 points that season, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said. But, I mean, to win it three, in the four, three out of four seasons is an incredible achievement. I'm not taking that away, but I just think that Man City's main goal at this point is to win the Champions League. I think if you're the owners of Man City, that has to be number one. And if in, like you said, what is it now, four seasons, Pep hasn't done it for you, he's brought you to a final, he's lost it, didn't play well. Like, Do you just hammer that home for how long? Like another two seasons, three seasons, five seasons? Do you just stick with Pep until he decides that he wants to leave? Yeah, I think they I think they will. Really? I think Man City will do that. Yeah, I feel like he's done enough to have that warrant, I think. Really? In yeah, four seasons? Yeah, he's won the league three times. And he's won, okay, the League Cup. Well, I mean, look, it's yeah. the League But it's still, still adds to the ethics. I know what you mean. It's still someone in a silverware. Like, but yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like they won't get any better than him. Or they won't get a manager in who, who's as well as quick as him to do as well. I mean, is is Pep for you number one on the planet? Yeah, uh, now. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Because of what he's, I know everyone's like, but he only he hasn't won the Champions League without Messi. But like everywhere he's gone, he's just blasted everything. He's always blasted the league away at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they should keep him because the, there's no like if they sacked him and got I don't know Conte in or something. I don't think they'd be any better really. Right, and I don't. I think or that, a Zidane or like a flick or no, somebody no, like that. No, no, they have to. I personally think just stick because he's done so much for them now in terms of silverware and mm-hmm. in terms of the style they play. And he's, I know. Well, like for instance, now I know maybe it's to do with the culture in the clubs, but like let's say Pep goes out there next season, doesn't win the Premier League, maybe Liverpool win it, doesn't win the Champions League, and maybe gets a League Cup. How do you consider that? Like, if you're a Man City owner, how do you look at that? Yeah, you could possibly, maybe with how football is now, they probably might look at it and think, hmm, that's a bit sus, but... But you just stick with him? I'd stick with him for now. I feel like he's done enough anyway to warrant having a, another season or two. Like. Right, okay. Well, yeah, no, season but I, I, like, I, I do. I do think, though, for me, if I'm the owner, I feel like, or maybe it's just because of his reputation in general, mm-hmm. he deserves to go out when he wants to go out. Unless he just has a complete two seasons of shit show. Which I don't think will happen. Mm-hmm. I think he will pick up more silverware next season and the season after, or and just have, keep going. Yeah, I mean, fair enough, man. I think his I think his reputation precedes him a little bit at this point. Like you're saying, oh, he won the league everywhere he's been. He's been to Bayern, City, Barcelona. When Barcelona had probably the greatest club team of all time assembled. I mean, I know that he's 
put a few of those pieces in place, whatever. But I think, you know, not that it's easy to win at big clubs, but I think that he, he does what he does very well. But I don't know if, you know, if let's say, for example, Pep went, it's never going to happen, but just theoretical here, if Pep went to United, I don't think United win the Premier League straight away. Oh, no, they, but they never would. They were never going to win a. I mean, look at his first season in England, it wasn't great either. And then he Pep's? Had, yeah, he just won. He won the league the first season. No, he didn't win the first. The first season though, Chelsea won it the first season. Right, he won it the season after. So he's been in England for five years then, and he's won the league three times. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, look, man, that's that's my thought on Pep. We should probably talk a bit about the winners of the uh, of the Champions League. Chelsea, obviously. Um, what do you think it means for for Chelsea as a club to have their second Champions League? Yeah, pretty big. I mean, the only team to still win it in London. That's true, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. That's better. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you wouldn't expect. I don't know. You would have laughed, and if this was in January and they said they'd win it, you'd laugh your head off. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they were ninth when he took over, and then they managed to scrape fourth. Um, Do you think Lampard has to be given any credit for this? No, I mean he got the medal. I, I, I feel like I feel like he's getting. So. I feel like he's been brought up because he's English. Really? Yeah. Oh, controversial. It's not. Statement. It's not really controversial. Though. I know. I know. But I mean, does he? Does he deserve some kind of credit towards the win in the Champions League, uh, or is it all Tuchel? Most of it's Tuchel. Fair. Right. Maybe some of the. Maybe like. Uh, maybe one or two of the players. Maybe that he kind of got like the team like Mason, Mason Mount. Mount. Yeah. Mason Mount is what you're saying. Right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, like uh, I mean, we've talked about the game wasn't the greatest game. City never looked like they were going to win it, and you know, you talked about your kind of tactics from Pep, obviously not being up to standard. Um, from watching the game myself, like it was kind of hard to take things away from the game because, like you said, it wasn't it wasn't a thriller. You know, yeah. it's not going to get in as one of the best European finals in history by any means. But what really stood out for me was Tuchel's setup and passion on the sidelines. Every time the camera cut to Tuchel, he was shouting at the players bring them on like you know he he was it was as if he was on the pitch for the 90 minutes it's almost like watching a Jurgen Klopp or somebody I know they're the same uh, nationality but that's that's a that's the kind of comparison that I'd use there he he almost seemed like he was going to run out and play next to Kante you know and so for me I think that he had the Chelsea team set up much better than the Man City one yeah Uh, what are your kind of yeah I'd agree with that but also as well though the reason why I think Havertz got all the the free, you know all the ball and all the freedom with it because, you know, Pep doesn't decide to play Rodri or Fernandinho. Right, right. And he has Gundogan there. So He's, do you feel that City just kind of shot themselves in the foot here? Yeah, 100%. it's more of a City losing the Champions League than Chelsea winning it. I feel like Chelsea. Yeah, I I think I'll go with that. Yeah, but I I do feel though like Fernandinho or Rodri play. I don't think Havertz gets involved as much mm-hmm. because they've been marshalling that mm-hmm. sort of space. Yeah. He did have a good game though, to be fair. Who Havertz? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. He was pretty I mean, good. like you can't take anything away from him though. It was probably his best performance of the season, which yeah. doesn't really say well, much yeah. considering the season he's had. But I mean, to have that in the Champions League final is a yeah. bit of a, bit of a, you know, it's a, it's a hell of a thing to do. Like, um, another player that I want to talk about from Chelsea's Kante. Yeah, unbelievable, wasn't he? Just mm-hmm. winning everything back. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he even got forward, and in the first half, looked like he might score. Yeah. Um. For you, or well, okay, I'll put it up from my perspective first. I can't really think of a better midfielder than Kante. Oh, in the last while, no. He, but like, even, like, he's, what, 29 now, I'd say, around that. Yeah. So, he's obviously been dealing with injuries this season. To come out and, uh, he was player of the match in both semi-final legs and in the final, and then went on to win the Champions League with Chelsea. Like, 
he for me is doing what like Pogba should be doing at United. With those, they're very different players. I completely understand that. Kante does a lot of different jobs than Pogba would be asked to. But I feel like with if you look at just their resume, from Pogba joining United and Kante joining Chelsea, I feel like people give, or maybe less so now, but people gave Pogba the credit that I feel like Kante should deserve. I'm not saying Kante doesn't get it. I feel like he's recognised as one of the best players in the world. But for me, I think he's. I think if you put Kante in any team, yeah, it instantly jumps them up about yeah, two he, levels. He's like two. He's like two players. You could stick him in midfield on his mm-hmm. own. He'd do two jobs. Like he's just that good and he's that. Like fit. for me, if you put Kante in United, I'm considering them a serious title challenge. Yeah, because he he does all the he can do all the he doesn't need someone else to do defensive work. He mm-hmm. can do it all on his own. Mm-hmm. But he's also I think he's really underrated at passing the ball. Just technical things as yeah. well. Everyone thought he was just a little midget who ran around, won the ball back, and then. Tried to give it to someone else better. He can play a bit as well. No, yeah, he is. He is. I mean, I remember he scored a goal against United a couple of years. Yeah, the, that was. I'm trying to think. When he just ran through your defense. Yeah, yeah. I don't even. Yeah, okay. I guess that was a decent. I was gonna say, wasn't that good? But it was a. Pr- I mean, I don't think the finish was wonderful, but I mean, you have to give it to him. You know, it's like a nine-year-old toe poke into the corner, probably. Yeah, but a, <laughs> a, a classy nine-year-old toe poke. You know? <laughs> Um, yeah, so not the best final, not the best of either finals. Yeah, but I don't think. Yeah, I feel. I feel like European finals are never going to be good. They're always going to be cagey and tight, and you know, it's going mm. to be one goal or who's going to be able to make a bit of space so they can make something happen. It's, what yeah. you feel about, or how do you feel about the Conference League now being? It's from this season, isn't it? Yeah, it's taking effect now mm-hmm. from going forward. What? How do you feel about that? Do you have any interest in it? Are you going to watch the uh, final? Yeah, of course. It's going to be the best competition of all time. Oh, I think personally. Okay. Um, They've got some good... I can't think of the... Uh, all joking aside, actually. <laughs> um, I think there's some good money in it anyway. Oh, right, okay. Uh, I can't think of the figures off my head, but what I read, there's got to be some decent money to be made for a couple of clubs there. That's crazy. But, um... Yeah. I think it's going to help clubs, like... Yeah. I mean, if you look locally, so, Shamrock Rovers, you know, Bahamas yeah. or whatever, if there's a chance to get into any kind of European competition, it, it, it'll be good, you know? I think even... I remember going to a meeting about the, the two leagues. It was in the Aviva. And they got, um, I forget what the company was called, but he, they got a Dutch guy in and he kind of does all the league sort of formats and systems mm-hmm. and a load of fans were there. And the coefficient came up for the Irish clubs and they looked at it for the the conference league. So the conference was coming up, this was about a year ago, mm-hmm. around January, yeah, January 2020 this was. And the coefficient, our coefficient points at that time, we were, we were just a little bit off right. for the projection to actually qualify for mm. not not ridiculous no amount but it might just like fall off at the last hurdle sort of ah, thing that'd be disappointing though. but um, still be good though I mean it'd be nice do we know any of the teams that it'll be in well, it next Tottenham season? will be in it oh great and then um, there's a lot of actually you know good well, like you know yeah, like yeah. the kind of Rangers level. No, not Rangers level. Like sort of. Well, they'd be in Champions League now because they won't yeah. think. But, but um, there's a lot of countries in it. I think I saw a Finnish team in a Luxembourg team. There's some good, you know, good trips anyway for supporters anyway. I feel like what I'd love to do, I'd, where I'd love for this podcast to be, would be for us to go and do a Euro Conference League tour and just yeah. go to, to like I'm trying to find teams that are that are qualified already. But just some absolutely mental, like Azerbaijan versus Belarusian team or something. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Just some mad European trip. I think that would be great crack. Um, you obviously know a bit more about it than I do. Can you, if we were to predict a final for the first uh, ever? I, I couldn't do that off the top of my head. 
I mean, Tottenham should have a chance, shouldn't they, really? I feel like they really should, you know. It's obviously not the kind of, the, not the been, kind of uh, trophy that they talk about when they say they want to be winning trophies there. But uh, I think, you know, realistically, especially if they keep the team, or, you know, most of the team that they have now together, um, I, I think that, that really should be a winnable kind of competition, if you've heard, if, or in my opinion, anyway. Uh Hibberdeen, sorry, Hibberdeen, Hibberdeen, Hibernian and Aberdeen have qualified apparently. Yeah, um, second qualifying round. The problem is though, if you get not, yeah, oh, if you get knocked out though, it will be, um, yeah, you're not in it anymore. Really, you're not in any European competition. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, that's kind of the way it is for the yeah. Europa League now. Like, yeah, true, yeah. But yeah, no, is there a fall down system from Europa League? Is uh, there? I think if you get knocked out. In the first round of the, I think it's the first round of the Champions League, you get put into the conference. So have you come fourth in your group? No, 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 no. In terms of qualification, if you're in the qualifying rounds. If you get knocked out in the last. So if you get knocked out in the first qualifying round. Oh, sorry. Okay. okay, But I think there is a bit of a. So I finally managed to get something up here. We're so professional that I didn't have this. um, I didn't have this up already, but I finally managed to get the confirmed teams that are in it now. So at the moment, the kind of big names that are in a playoff round, so they'd have to, they'd have one match before qualifying for the group or a round of matches, are Spurs, Union Berlin, Roma, and Rennes in from France, um, or Rene or whatever way you want to pronounce that. So basically, it kind of looks like the seventh place team in all the major leagues. Rennes came sixth though, and then it drops down to kind of fourth and fifth place in sort of the lower. Um, European leagues, so there's a third qualifying round that currently has Ruben Kazan, Anderlecht, uh, Luzerne from Switzerland, Vitesse from Holland, Holland PAOK from Greece, and then you get through to first and second qualifying rounds, which are a load of clubs here, uh, just to kind of give you kind of an idea of the level, Molde, uh, Feyenoord are in there, Hibs, Aberdeen, uh, Copenhagen, that's pretty cool. Partizan, uh, Stel Bucharest, there. Uh, Bose, Dundalk, and Sligo Rovers apparently are in the first qualifying round. So are the New Saints, Bala Town, and Newport from Wales on the boys. Yes, the first qualifying round is full of teams from like, you know, Lithuania and Armenia and Hungary and stuff like that. That that's quite a. I don't want to say a low level because they're all better than I am. <laughs> European-wise, it wouldn't be the strongest. So, yeah, you kind of are. I mean, from the teams that have already qualified or from the teams that are already in positions to qualify, I mean, you're looking at the likes of Roma and, and Tottenham for me. Um, could be an interesting com- um, competition to keep an eye on, though, moving forward. Um, and, yeah, just the last bit for me about the Champions League. Any Euro implications? De Bruyne obviously had uh, a gruesome facial injury there. Yeah, Um I don't know. I reckon they'd still take De Bruyne at like eighty percent fit. It's probably better than ninety five percent of the rest of yeah, Europe at that yeah, rate. Yeah, exactly. You don't um, think it has any impact on Belgium's chances? It uh, probably does. To be fair, if he's not, you know, hundred percent fit, I think they might. I know they back him to win it. I might might have to change that. Then though. again, though, he could do what Antonio Rudiger did in the final of the. Champions I just wear a face mask and do the Batman face yeah, mask because yeah, we all know that everyone plays better with a Batman face mask. So, <laughs> might be scary days for De Bruyne. Uh, moving on then, we have to talk about rule changes. Very interesting rule change that I think is official now. 
Although they have to go through some sort of uh, process, I think, for it to... Oh, okay. But they're seriously looking at it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. That rule, if people don't know, is to scrap the away goals rule in European competitions. Yeah. My, uh, the biggest, you know, rule I love for a football purist like myself. Is the away goal rule? Yeah. I never understood it, to be honest, mate. I never understood it as a kid. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was just two goals, even if it was not a draw. So if, even if you're losing like three two, mm. but if your goals are two away goals, you get the but no, it didn't work like that. I eventually figured it out as a fourteen year old. That's fair play. Yeah. But I mean, I understand the rule, but I, feel I like, don't think it makes a load of sense. I mean, if you look at the history well, of feel, the rule, yeah, but it's I, it's for teams that were playing in the old Soviet Union. That, <laughs> No. Do, you, no, do you not know about this? No, I know. Do you not know about this? It was brought yeah. in in the 70s yeah, for teams that were playing against the likes of, you know, Steyl Bucharest and all these kind of former Soviet Union teams. So they wouldn't be able to scout them, right? Yeah. So the so it was UEFA than... then decided that if you scored a goal, they brought in the UEFA goals and it would count as two if the ties ended in a draw. Yeah, but I feel that, yeah. I feel that was more down to the lack of scouting of... European teams. Well, yeah, point. also the fact that it was in Soviet Russia. Yeah. And I don't know how many people would have been allowed in to scout <laughs> football teams back in the day, mate. Um, um, yeah, I... but you you brought up an interesting point when we were talking about this earlier. You're kind of debating the, the whole second leg. Is, is well, yeah, similar? there's not really... Everyone's like, oh, but it works in the championship. Yeah, the championship, I feel, is kind of like, well, you kind of even enough teams. I do, it's kind of like the same sort of Mm. atmosphere boat ground sort of thing same environment mm. That's, I know this kind of sounds kind of stupid but like going away to Turkey or Russia or anything is, no I do yeah. know what you mean like an away day and you know if you've got a well I mean yeah it's a bit it's a bit more intimidating I mean like than Pride Park yeah, or something yeah, you know you kind of got to adapt to sort of and that's why I kind of think winning away from home or getting away goals should be so like much more of a valuable thing are you up for keeping it yeah of course oh, right. I, feel like okay. a, I feel like it's a good tie I feel like as a tie breaker it's a much better tiebreaker than like a penalty shootout. I do think though away goal should be scrapped. If it goes extra time, just get it should be gone. It should be finished out at that point. Because what do you like, mean? Explain that. Well, I mean like if it hit, let's say if the tie goes into extra time, like if it's level at, at like after both legs are done, yeah, it shouldn't count an extra time because. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because, so you mean like if both games? Okay, uh, no, I know what you mean, but that example wouldn't work. So yeah. if if they both draw, if it's a one-one draw in each leg, yeah. It goes to extra time. Yeah. But if the... Yeah, and then if it's a 1-1 draw in extra time... It goes to penalties. Yeah, because, because but it, at the moment, the team that was playing away during extra time would win because of away goals. Isn't that yeah, right? because they have an yeah. advantage. Because obviously now, if you're the away team in the second leg, it goes extra time, you have an advantage. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that now. That doesn't make a lot of yeah. sense to me. Um, so what happens, I think it's in the League Cup. The semi-finals are played in Wembley because it's a neutral ground. The League Cup? Or is it the FA Cup? No, the or League Cup. No, the League Cup. Yeah, the League Cup after two legs. If it goes extra time after two legs, away goals count as a tiebreaker. I was talking about a neutral ground. Oh. Or like a semi-final. Oh, um, well, as in... Which... So what I think, or what I thought had happened, was that I think it's the League Cup. Or it might be one of the smaller English cups. Uh, oh, they, yeah. have, they have the semi-finals in Wembley, and they just play. Oh, yeah, that is the FA Cup, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So do you like? But if you're up for the way goals staying, do you not like? What? How would you feel? Maybe not necessarily Wembley every time. And if you want to take it to a Champions League level, like let's say Real Madrid, Liverpool are in the Champions League semi-final, hmm. would you 
play that in Paris. No, you may as well just play it at Wembley. Or why? But then Liverpool have a, you know, an upper hand if it's in England. But what about if forget about the specific country? I mean, like, would you have, you know, Real Madrid, Liverpool playing in a neutral ground somewhere in Europe? Oh in, yeah, if instead of the whole, like, if you're cutting away two legs. Yeah, if it was a neutral semi, if there was a semi like that, yeah, you may as well play it in like mm-hmm. wherever, like you can think of. Yeah, play it in Belgrade for the crack. I think I'd rather that. I think that would put a lot more intrigue into European football for me. If the semi-final was just one leg in a ra- in like a, another European city. Yeah. I if, think I, I think, think it might go to that as well. I hope so, mate. I, I that sounds good to me. Like I said, I didn't I never really appreciated the away goals thing. I think that it's a bit of a cheap escape now and again. Um I just don't think playing away at that level. Do you know what I mean? Like We'll take the Liverpool Real Madrid example, you know. I don't know. I don't know how much impact for players like that it would have. I guess so. Yeah. But I suppose the only the only issue of of the the one leg in a foreign country thing as well would be kind of like if you're a Liverpool fan, that's a little bit European Super League. But I just don't see the whole. I don't really think away. I don't really think like. A stadium, like the atmosphere is obviously more intense than the away ground. I understand that, but I just don't know how much of an impact that has on a on a player's. But I do feel, game. yeah. But I do feel though with the away goals rule, there's always kind of like the chance of like one goal just turning a tie in its head, if you get me. So like, yeah, but I don't really think that's fair because at the end of the oh, yeah, day, if, if you've drawn all the games and you still go out because of away goals, like what the like, I feel yeah, but I just feel like. Would you rather go out on an away goal or a penalty shootout? Penalties. Really? Yeah, oh, man. Penalties is the worst way to lose. Penalties right? is way better than away goals. No, I think away, you go out on away goals, you kind of think, well, we didn't really, you know, you're kind of scratching it. Well, we didn't really put it up to them away from home. No. We didn't get what we deserve. So let's say, for example, we keep going with the, the one. So, right. Champions League semi-finals, Liverpool, Real Madrid, right? 1-1 draw on the Bernabeu, 1-1 draw on Anfield, right? Second legs in Anfield, yeah. okay? Goes to extra time. 1-1 draw after extra time. Real Madrid qualify because of away goals. But what, how would they though? Because... That's the rule with it. Yeah, you said 1-1 in the Bernabeu and 1-1 at Anfield. They're drawn. So they each yeah. have away goals. Yeah, it's 2-all. So. Yes, and then goes to extra time. And it's 1-1 in extra time. Oh, okay, right. Sorry, I so because go. of yeah. the extra time goal from Real Madrid in Anfield, they'd progress. Yeah, so that's... I would much rather that game go to penalties... And if Liverpool then lose, you could at least go, ah, well, it was in our own hands. I mean, I know the whole thing is in your own hands at like a, a broader scale, but just because you, like, Liverpool have proven in this scenario that they're as good as Real Madrid at every point they've faced them. And they still lose because of away goals. I personally feel, though, it's just the, it's just a good tie break and it always keeps the tie on edge. There's always one goal to kind of swing it either way. I just feel like it's a good sort of cliffhanger to things. If you kind of go to scrap the away goals, it's kind of a boring. Like if they are really, if so, if a team scores away from oh, it's two all, they go to extra time. But also as well though, like the team was away from home, will have a bit more of an idea on how to. They might have a bit more like cojones to go and attack a team because they know if they score well, they go home and if they go to the home tie. They have a bit of an advantage because. 
you know, they've dropped whatever, they've lost two one, they only need one goal and that's hold and if they score that that kinda of swings the tie in their favour. But you But can... if you want to talk about like the away goal being so good or for me the way goal being good, Porto don't beat Juventus, I don't think, if they don't win by the away goals or in when Jose they, this season. Sorry? Porto beat Juventus this season because of the way goals are Right. So I don't think like let's say if that game went to extra time, I reckon Juventus would have just regrouped and managed to score one or two and probably would have went through. Yeah, what's wrong with that? They're a better team. But I feel though there'd be a lot there'd be a lot less shocks. Everyone talks about the Champions League being boring now, the same couple of teams winning it or the same teams dominating it. Like I feel like the away goals real gives the underdogs a good chance of getting through. But I mean where did Porto end up in your in the Champions they League? They gave Chelsea a really good game. They only lost two one. In what? The the quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. Yeah, quarterfinals. So they, the away goals rule gave a bit of intrigue in February for Porto. Yeah, but it is though. No one, no one likes Juventus because of Agnelli and just how... I don't mind Juventus, man. No, they're a horrible club. Okay. But also as well, if you want to... I Juventus But if you want to go back to... Okay, let me talk. 2017 when Barcelona played PSG and had that amazing comeback. If the away goals rule isn't in place at that point... Barcelona will probably settle for extra time, and they probably go and probably win it because they're on top. But because they managed to get the equaliser or level it up, at that point PSG were through. With the last five minutes, Barcelona had to go for it and get another, mm-hmm. and that's what made it so special because they ended up having to. They made a brilliant comeback in this after getting mauled in the first leg. But I feel like that's that's a specific, like. I, I, feel like, I feel like the entertainment value would be so much bigger with the away goals. I feel like if you put take it out, it'd just be so bland and it'd just be the same teams winning it and it'd be the same teams winning ties and then yeah, I don't think so. I, I just think it's not I just don't think it's a good idea. But I think like right, if you take the Barcelona PSG example, right? If that if that tie goes to extra time, who's complaining about it being boring? Well yeah, because it was such a good game anyway. But I don't like I was saying, if there isn't the away goals ruling there Barcelona settle for extra time because they're absolutely shattered but yeah but I don't see a problem with that man like I think that's because of the but situation it caught, but it was good entertainment because they scored they scored that equaliser really late and then they managed to push themselves again to get a ball in the box and Messi scored and they went through there's a few other examples I can't think of the top of my head but there's if you go down there's plenty of examples of underdogs getting through and getting through and away goals or even bigger so is getting through and they've been all entertainment you know very good entertainment value for me and really intriguing ties I just find if you take the away goals through the way it'll be just yeah just be a bit boring really and it'll be a lot of penalty shootouts and I mean look I, I, a lot more iron sort of current-esque defensive performances <laughs> put everyone behind the ball <laughs> I think you're looking at it from a from a fan's perspective which yeah. obviously you are you know I, I think I'm, I look at these kind of situations from a from almost a, a team's perspective, but I, I mean, I, I appreciate what you're saying. Look, I think we're gonna have to agree to disagree on it. Um, it does look like they're gonna scrap it though. Sad, sad, really. Sad, sad, Sam time. Sad, 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 sad time. time. Unfortunately. Well, look, we'll uh, we'll stick with controversial uh, topics as we move on to another kind of a form of a rule change that we've seen recently in football. Sam, VAR. What is your opinion on VAR? Uh, it's great when they mess it up. As in the sense of, no, 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 in the sense of like, what was it, 2018, 2019 when they started using it? Mm-hmm. You know, you played Huddersfield, I think, in like a cup game. And they tried to do the offside line and they completely messed it up. <laughs> and they got this allowed when he, I think it was bad, and he was clearly onside. But um, 
I mean, there's some incredible, like, I think everyone kind of knows the Sheffield United Spurs goal where he was one pixel offside. Do you remember yeah. that from the season before? The yeah, one just or gone? what was it? The Aston Villa. Was it Aston Villa? The Aston Villa-Sheffield United game. Someone scored and the ball was a mile over the line, but the VAR wasn't turned on or something. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. And, it, and it basically kept Villa up. So decision. Oh, I think I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, no, no. So, so, yes or no? No tweaking. Yes or no? Keep VAR. I don't know. It just makes it really stop start, doesn't it? Mm, it does. Especially when I don't know the Premier League don't know how to use it properly. No, I feel some other like the referees meant to control everything, but there's some bloke in St George's Park telling them, "Oh, do this, do that." Yeah, I feel VAR would work, or that sort of idea would work if the referee is able to just go over to the monitor and look at it himself. See, I think so. I know I said no tweaks in your in your. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's. A, I mean, obviously, we're gonna move on and talk about what we change. Yeah. But I, I, I would scrap it at, in the in system, the system that it's in. in. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. It's too, it's too stop start. And even, no, yeah. Do you remember even Saturday? They were checking for a penalty for about three minutes when the yeah, game started. Yeah. I'm thinking. But what I don't understand is that the referee gets told that VAR is looking at an incident and then just stands there. And then, if the video assistant referee who's looking at the incident goes, oh, I'm not 100% sure, then the referee has to go over and have a look himself. I mean... How has nobody thought of maybe when the the VAR referee is looking at something, the referee on the pitch has to look at it too? Mm. I mean, what's why couldn't you give the referee a, a watch that he could see it on? Yeah. Or, mate, like, honestly, it wouldn't be that difficult. You've got ball boys, just like <laughs> tablets, man, tablets. Honestly, like, we live in the 21st century here. And we're literally using VAR as if like nobody has seen a TV before. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't make any sense. And I mean, it's cliche, but you look at the likes of rugby and the TMO system, and even American football, of which I'm a, a big fan, and their review system, and it's seamless. Mm. It takes 30 seconds out of the game. You're not waiting five minutes to, to see if there's a penalty or... You know, six minutes to just check a handball, or like you know, it brightened ten minutes to restart the game and give a team a penalty. Mental, uh, but the stats show Sam that VAR is ninety-seven percent accurate. Would you agree with that? Would you believe no, that? There's too many. De- there's too many des- decisions where I just it's they're just awful. Like mm-hmm. there's no if you're gonna have VAR as well. I feel like with VAR at times, especially with like penalties and stuff, you've got to have clear rules. Mm. And I feel like sometimes there's just too much kind of, chopping and changing. Yeah, chopping and changing. Like this season, it occurred. <clears throat> sorry, this season it occurred to me that I actually don't know the rules of football anymore. Yeah, no. Because it it hit off somebody's arm in their own box, and it wasn't a penalty because it was beside his shoulder, which to me is the handball rule. Like if it's in a natural position. But then I've also seen that given because they changed it for a while to any form of conduct or contact. With a hand is a handball. Like, I've seen offside rules where players' arms are offside. I always thought the offside rule was if a part of your body that can score is offside. But then they're giving people's elbows and shoulders off. So, I mean, I've completely lost it. Like, I've actually completely lost track of of the rules of football because of the... I don't really take too much... Yeah, well, I don't really take too much attention to the bar. Because obviously the league I mainly watch doesn't have it. Which is great. Which that's got the, the Irish League. Oh, League right, of Ireland right, doesn't right, have it. Right. So it's kind of just there like 
oh well I mean, at least we don't have something which you know kind of ruins the whole yeah. emotion like, like even when a goal goes in they'll like yeah players are like, celebrating yeah, players like, are looking does you it know? count they're like a kid in headlights you know but I mean like, they could even score and celebrate and go back to, to line up again and then VAR will, will check something you yeah. know it's just such a slow process yeah. and I don't understand as well like the kind of the professional sort of media side of VAR coming out is saying like that the video assistant referee is still just one person looking at different angles. Get two people. Yeah, get two, three, get or four three, to look at different get angles. Five, get five, yeah. get ten, get twenty. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't actually know that. If it was one, well, no wonder there's so many bad decisions. I mean, no, them. honestly, all that VAR is is one person watching the same game as the referee from TV angles. They're essentially just watching football, trying to pick up fouls the referee doesn't get. It's a person. It's a it's an FA referee, the same as the guy on the pitch doing the same job. But you can't use that as an excuse. Like, do you know what I mean? I mean, my 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 main issue with it is is not the accuracy or you know sticking to the rules, like being you know a, a hair offside or whatever. It just ruins it just ruins the experience of watching a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, like like you're saying, taking so long to decide for penalties. Like what happens in the NFL is if let's say a play starts and a quarterback throws it. And a referee on the pitch sees an issue, throws a flag, and then from that point, do you think there should the be... play is continuing and the yeah. ball is flying in the air and the receiver catches it and runs off? Yeah. The 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 replay crew start watching what the referee has called from the exact point that the flag is thrown. Yeah. And then by the time the receiver runs on, scores a touchdown, everyone knows there's a flag because. It's clear, it's part of the game, everyone knows that the thing's been watched, and it's overturned in seconds. So I don't understand this, like, five minutes wait kind of thing, and I, I know there's some clubs, this turned into a big rant here, I know there's some clubs that don't have screens. On. Yeah, that's the thing as well, though, like, if you're going to have this, have it in every ground, not just yeah. the big ones. But if the FA want to implement it, they need to they need to support clubs that don't have. Yeah, yeah exactly. You yeah. Know? But actually, come to think of having no screens, when we played, when Ireland played Serbia, and Ireland Connolly got brought down in the box, clear penalty at one all. In a stadium which had it, the referee can go and have a look and would have probably got a penalty. Mm. But because the stadium built grade and have the facilities for it, we didn't get it. Mm. So I mean, yeah, this is that's something they have to look at. If you're gonna have this sort of, it needs to be consistent. Yeah, there it, needs to be, like you said, clear rules. How VAR is used, when VAR is used, why VAR is used. You know, mm. it just needs to be. I feel like they've they've thought of an idea and gone. Rugby has TMO. Football needs something like a. We'll get this VAR, and then they just lobbed it into the Premiership. Like yeah. uh, I mean, forget about you know uncooked I mean they've literally just thrown the raw ingredients in never yeah. mind do you know so yeah we're, well, I mean I think we're of the same opinion of uh, yeah. VAR I actually want to test your, your VAR knowledge Sam I have I found an article I don't have any knowledge of this I, I can't take found, any notes of well, it. well we'll we'll play a little game with uh, that's my M&M direct cart never mind <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll play a little game uh, about VAR in Premier League 2020-2021. So, Sam, my first question to you and to all the listeners watching. You're not supposed to look at the screen, man. What are you doing? Well, yeah, but you put it that way, so... Right. How many overturned decisions do you think VAR has made? I don't know. Like 123 or something. Oh, yeah. Bang on, Sam. Thanks for looking at the screen. <laughs> Jesus. 
I'll read out the stats because Sam obviously doesn't. Actually, no, we'll do one more thing. How? What team do you think has benefited the most from VAR? Uh, There's two with the same amount. Man United. It's actually Burnley and Everton. Really? Yeah. And there's three teams with the same score. How? What three teams do you think have been most negatively impacted? And they're actually... So, Burnley, Burnley have had uh, a net four score. So, what basically means is they've had VAR overturn four more decisions for them than, you know, than would have had negative impact. The, the bottom three have minus six. So, a net score of six overturns from VAR. Who are those three teams? Right, I'm trying to think on top of my head, but Arsenal be one. Arsenal are one, Sam. Oh my god. No wonder they've been moaning all season. Um God. The other two. Gee, I don't have a clue, man. One big club, one crap club, mate. Fulham. West Brom. Yeah. The other big club. Uh Man City. Liverpool. Really? Yeah, Arsenal, yeah. Liverpool and West Brom has you can six see, net decisions. You can see how much I give a crap about VAR. Just zero, really. Doesn't really yeah, affect my I know, I know. football watching. Funnily enough, there is actually a a, 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 a a what do you call those things? Oh, polls. Polls. Thank you. <laughs> There's a poll on this website. It's a very reputable website. I won't name it in case we get sued. Thirteen and a half thousand votes on their poll. Fifty-eight percent want VAR out. Forty-two percent want VAR to stay. Interesting. Uh, we will talk about maybe United, they like though. them forty two percent maybe just like watching football really slow. I mean, it is an American sport, yeah. uh, American sports website, so yeah, maybe you've got thirteen and a half thousand Americans who uh, yeah, who think that it's a bit like oh, it's really good, yeah. yeah. I can get my beer out of the fridge while that's going on. Maybe that's their mentality. You never know, mate. Um, United though, for me this Zero. season. Manchester United. So their net score is zero. Mm. I've no idea how that happens. Basically, this website's um, the website's calculated by you know they've had eighteen overturned decisions, uh, and they've, it's basically balanced out that they've not really made a profit or loss if you want to look at it that way from from VAR. However, subjective decisions for seven. Basically, VAR actually also awarded three penalties to Man United, and one against. Um, for me, I would have thought that Man United had the most VAR-packed season. I mean, you look through their the game Are reports. Are you just saying this because you hate Man United? No, like they two incidents against Palace. They three incidents against Brighton. The Brighton two incidents against Newcastle. It's not funny, man. It is You funny. can't restart a football game, Sam. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that in my life. You don't like, worry. I mean, if you think back to Thierry Henry in 2009, like, jeez, why are we not replaying that? You know, yeah, but no, I cannot believe the, that. The, the funny thing about the Brighton one, they hit the post like three times, and then they blew the whistle. He blew the whistle for like the referee blew the final whistle, but then reversed that decision to give a penalty. Yeah, I, I don't understand. That. Oh, like, was it a penalty? Yeah, it, it was, was a, penalty. a penalty, and then yeah. Bruno scored, and you won two one or three two. I think it was. Um, I mean, for me, it's stuff like that that it just you lose all respect for. Um, but yeah, no, we're we're I think we're firmly agreed that at this moment in time, VAR does not have a place in football for me anyway. Yeah, I reckon get um, a ref up in the stands to have a look with twenty twenty vision, you yeah. know. Yeah, binoculars. Binoculars, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just shout in his ear, like, you know, in the family stand. You got to check that elbow by number fourteen. Wave a little white flag, <laughs> or one of them big ones, you know, just wait yeah, like a racing flag. Yeah. Great idea, mate. That's the best way of doing it, honestly. But to be fair, I hope someone in the FA hears this and they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, good idea. 
they probably think we're absolute idiots for that idea but look you never know sure look mate it's better than VAR yeah better than VAR anyway the last thing that I want to talk about today oh actually one of the last things is uh, just again on the rule changes side of things here Sam Arsene Wenger's uh, proposed rule changes there last year he's just year. the football hipster of football hipsters really isn't he isn't he the yeah. professor mm-hmm. yeah. uh, do you know about these rules yeah so uh, the, the, apart from sorry so the two, the two main rules that I have down here is um, or well there's three sorry so his first proposed rule change is that for an in swinging corner that goes out of play but comes back in would be made valid so essentially if it goes if you're a right foot player from the right side of the goal taking a corner, you can curve it behind the goal and back in. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. No, that's awful. Out of 10. What? The rule? Yeah. Oh, about like two. Like, okay. You're not adopting that. No. Okay. But sorry. So if you take a I ter- kind of like it, man. If you take a terrible corner. And it it's go- not a terrible corner because it has to come back in. It's not if you just pelt it and it lands on the top of the goal obviously that's gone don't fix what's broken in my opinion okay okay i respect that mate um the second one is in your own half of the pitch you should have the option to take a kick instead of this this is where i had an idea do you reckon clubs might just sign players so they're good at that that's their speciality the kick in so they get it deep in their own half i mean i feel like a lot of clubs already have players like that that are called goalkeepers well i feel like i'm taking the mick there with that but i feel that that rule would just be I actually so, like the rule. Yeah. I feel it would be so beneficial to a Burnley. Really. I feel like Cardiff would really take it. Uh, yeah, they'd, they'd really, really a, love lot, that. a lot of sort of Brexit sort of style football. Neil clubs. Warnock would pounce on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. I like it though. I like the idea of in your own half of the pitch having the uh, you know the possibility to, to kick it. Of just to lump it. 80% like. of throw ins lose possession, mate. Did you know that? Yeah, I know because people don't, yeah. I mean, it's hard to control a throw-in yeah. ball and keep possession when the whole team, you know, the other team are com- around you. So, I mean, it's a good way to get rid of uh, pressure as well. I, I kind of like the rule, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And then, of course, the last one is the, the offside rule. So, for Wenger, his new offside plan would be that as long as any part of the player that can score is still in line with the last defender, oh. that would be considered onside so basically the opposite of what we have now where if any part of the player is offside they're offside if any part of the player is onside they'd be onside how do you feel about that it's a bit um, i'd give that a one out of ten yeah i I think i feel like you know arson wenger has never been the one for defending really you know he's never been able to scout a good center half barasol campbell and i mean you don't really scout yeah you don't really scout him either he got him on a free no that's a pretty piss ball rule yeah I, I can imagine players That's like Sterling. I think there actually was a, um, a case where Sterling uh, was like just in line with the last defender. His heel would have kept him on side, but when he gets the ball, he's like 10 yards off. Hmm. Um, I, do, I, I get where he's coming from. I think there should be leeway. I'd give, I'd give more leeway. I'd, yeah, give, like, I'd more. give like a foot more or something. Do you know? Yeah. Or I mean, maybe six inches or something, you know? Uh, but I do feel like the, the rule could be harsh yeah. at times, you know, when you look at the Sheffield United uh, Tottenham game where the player that crossed the ball in was like two pixels offside, VAR, var ruled it offside. Like, I think it can be tough in instances like that when you go by the book, but I don't think Arsenal's got it right there anyhow. No. For such an intelligent man, you know? For such a footballing genius, genius. Sam. So we actually have some 
breaking news on the podcast here, Sam. Carlo Ancelotti is the new Real Madrid manager. Yeah, I know. He's, he's gone back. He's just left Everton um, for La, Las Blancos, whatever the fuck they're called. You got Real Madrid. Galacticos, yes, Real yeah. Madrid. Los so, Galacticos. Yeah. Um, so, I've just pulled up the odds here for the new manager, and as you said, it is Nuno Espirito Santo as the favourite there, 13-5. to 5. Just some other kind of uh, big names that are in the mix at the moment. Eddie Howe, 3-1. Uh, to one. Uh, I think he's kind of a lock for the Celtic job at the moment. Well, no, he kind of, they kind of told him to do one. Celtic did? Yeah. No, oh. no, Eddie Howe. Oh! So they're looking at... Uh, oh, that could be interesting then. Eddie Howe is the Everton boss. Yeah, That'll be a big step for him. Yeah. Uh, other big names, Rafa Benitez, 8-1. to one. Antonio Conte, 9-1. to one. Same odds as Wayne Rooney, Sam. Wayne Rooney, can you imagine? Could you imagine Wayne Rooney as the Everton boss? Yeah, possibly. I think that would... I mean, I don't think they'd go for it, but... You know, obviously one of their own and all this. I don't want to say club legend, to be fair. Yeah, didn't really, really do much at everything. No, no. like, uh, David Moyes, 14-1. to 1. He's not leaving West Ham. And just another one there that caught my eye, Sam. Garth Southgate, 16-1. to 1. How I, I would love it. I'd, I'd, rather, love. I'd rather have my dog as a uh, manager. I'd love to see uh, that. If I don't really like... I mean, I'm sorry to Everton fans, but I'd love to see that. Just to see him get bamboozled. Probably get relegated again. Oh, imagine. Okay, I think that's a bit harsh, but... Well, there's know, a good, there's... You never know, I feel like Everton are one of those teams that don't really have a very good um, like club mentality. So if they brought in a crap manager, could call it and just fall apart. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, a um, bit of breaking news. Uh, incredible. We've broken news on the podcast, Sam. We are an official media source. Can we're you not really, it? though, are we? Yes, we are. But, but, I mean, we just took that off Twitter. Well, I did, anyway. Yeah, but we broke it to the people that are listening and haven't heard about it. Yes, yeah, You know, true. come on, Sam. Right, so to finish off, Sam, I have a quiz for you. All right. Uh, for the people that have listened to, watched the first two episodes, uh, they will know. And of course, with the random fact earlier on about the England under-21s penalty shootout, Sam has a ridiculously large football brain. So I'm going to test that here. Um, I have ten questions. Testing your knowledge of historical European Championship games well the first one was only about four years ago but yeah well the first one's only about four years ago sam but we'll see if they get harder hopefully they do um yeah so all you have to do is guess the winner okay are you prepared sam mckeever yeah don't make this into some sort of rip-off game show very rude (laughs) very rude jeez okay who won this historic match sam euro 2016 group stage russia versus wales wales it's definitely wales I think that was correct, Sam. It's flown by me there. Euro 2000's group stage. Oh, for fuck's sake. Turkey versus Belgium. Uh, balls. I don't think the ball won the game, Sam. <laughs> uh, go for Turkey. Turkey. That was correct, Sam. Oh, what, what a guess. We have, we have one here that I feel like you should know the answer to. Euro 1988 group stage. England versus Ireland. Ireland. Ray Houghton header. Oh, are we... Oh, I think the app's died, Sam. Has it? No, no, it hasn't. We're back on track. Grand. And you got it correct, Sam. Three for three. Absolutely unbelievable. Euro 2004 group stage. Germany versus the Czech Republic, Sam. Oh, mm. the Czechs. They had a really good turn. Sorry, Czech Republic. The Czech Republic. Sam has gone for the Czech Republic and is correct. Oh, my word. <laughs> Some cheap game show, he says. <laughs> right, Sam, Euro 2008 
my first European Championships as a fan. Group stage, Portugal, Turkey. Portugal. It was one of... Portugal is correct. If you get this one, Sam, I owe you a point, man. Right? <laughs> Euro 1984. Oh, okay. <laughs> Group cool. stage, Portugal versus Romania. 1984. 1984. Oh, I couldn't think that. Go for the Romanians. Go, Go for the Romanians. Oh, he's only gone and done it, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm getting hyped over here. Right, so I don't know what. Well, this is seven. This is the seventh. You've gone six for six. So this is question number seven. Euro 2016 group stage. Northern Ireland versus Germany. Oh, Germany. I remember that. Actually, I remember watching it. Yeah, I remember watching it. We've moved out of the group stages here, by the looks of it, for the last couple of questions. Euro 2012. Do you remember the semi-final, Sam? It was Germany... No, Italy, Germany, Spain and Portugal. Who won the Germany-Italy game? The Italians. Balotelli did the whole, you know, take the top <sighs> off and... Uh, He's got it right, man. He's got yeah. it right again. Look at this! I swear to God. Um, we're back to the group stages for question nine. You've only got two left here, mate. Euro 1996. Oh, God. This could be... The Czech Republic versus Italy in the groups. Oh, let me think. Tough question. I know the Czech. I'm gonna go to Czechs again. I probably I might have got this wrong though, but I know the Czechs again had a good tournament. They got to the semi in '96. Oh no, that's a different country. Sorry. Oh, he's gone Czech Republic, and he's only gone and got it right, mate. He's only gone and got it right. <laughs> he's nine for nine, and I can't imagine that you're gonna go. You can't imagine you're gonna get this one wrong. Euro 2016 semi final. Portugal Wales. Oh, Portugal. Yeah, because they won the whole thing. Um, oh, what the hell? What? It says you've only answered 8 out of 10 correctly. I thought you got them all right. No, well, 8 out of 10 is not bad, is it? It's not bad. Does it not tell me this the ten. ones you got wrong? I'm going to be snapping if it doesn't. <laughs> oh, my God, it doesn't. Oh, oh amazing. Amazing. Filled you with the green. Oh, I did, honestly. It's not the... Well, okay. Well... For whoever's listening out there, you can um, you can go back and figure out which one Sam got wrong. I thought he got 10 out of 10. Apparently, he only got 8 out of 10. Um, maybe it's wrong. Maybe the app's wrong. Maybe the app's I trust great. your head more than I trust the app. Too, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's us. Bit of a mad podcast. Just over an hour. Hour and two. Do you have any parting th- thoughts for our, uh, our guests, our listeners? Not really, no. I hope you just enjoyed the podcast anyway. And what is it? It's next week, is it, that Ireland are playing Hungary? Uh, yeah, Tuesday next week. The 8th. And then we're playing Andorra Thursday. This Thursday coming, but oh. it's only Andorra, though, I guess. It's only Andorra. But watch, uh, us, watch us go, uh, watch us go fucking lose 3 don't, nil, don't put that into my mind. Man, Andorra are a solid side. Anyway, um, yeah, so next Tuesday, Ireland Hungary, we will be watching it live on the podcast you won't be hearing it live. It will just be watching it live. We'll be doing the podcast as the game is playing. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed today. Hopefully you will enjoy next week. Hopefully you enjoyed last week. Hopefully you're living your best life. Thanks for tuning in to Sam and Sean's Shit Talk Sessions Episode 2. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>